1: This is a crowd podcast. His back is strong, his beard is thick. Wonders what makes people tick. Joe Marler and his show. Joe Marler, here we go. Hello and welcome
0: to mm. our show. I'm Joe Marler, and this is Tom Ford. evolved. Well, I'm eating cheese. Ford Dice. What is that? I've started eating cheese. No, 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 no. no. You're meant to save that cheese. I've saved that cheese. I've had that for five days now. I haven't touched any part of it. Why are you already eating it? Why have you broken the rules?
1: Listen, before you start accusing me of eating my cheese too early, Joe, we're doing this socially distanced. You know, I can see you on my computer screen. You appear to be naked. Are you in your van?
0: No, I'm I'm in my lounge. This is my lounge. You're knocking... Knocking the look of my lounge, are
1: you? You've got a windscreen wipers in your lounge. <laughs> okay, you've,
0: you've <laughs> rumbled me. You've rumbled me. Yeah, I am stuck in my van, Tom. I've got six varieties of cheese and a cheese board. I am haven't got a top on. I've got a hat on. I've got headphones on. I've got some slippers on. I've got some pants on and I've got some shorts on. That's how it looks right now.
1: Listen, I'm fine with that. It also makes sense because today, Joe, we're talking to a cheesemonger, A cheese mong- monger. A monger of cheese. What does monger mean? specifically in this case cheese manga i believe joe having done a little bit of research on this that manga comes from the old english manga which means to traffic as in to take things around to places and it may also come from the latin word mango meaning dealer what we're saying here joe is that the man we're about to meet is a dealer of cheese or a cheese trafficker
0: Both connotations are slightly illegal sounding, but maybe that adds a little bit of
1: drama. And I can also reassure you, all the cheeses that we're going to be tasting this evening are entirely legal. And if you're listening to this at home, I don't mind, Joe, I hope you feel the same way, if you press pause on whichever device you're listening to this podcast. After I tell you the cheeses that Joe and I are going to be sampling, I find it unlikely that you would source these cheeses then come back to the podcast. Steve thinks that what you're going to do. I think he's probably wrong. You might source one of them. Yeah, you don't have to get all of them. I would. I would love it. Honestly,
0: I would love it. I think we should give some sort of reward yeah. out to a listener if they manage to source, having paused this or waited until they've listened to the episode all the way through to source any one of these six cheeses. And they send me a picture or send you a picture or they send Joe Marlachow a picture, either on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. I would really like them to see if if they have managed. And it has to be an honesty call here. They've managed to source one of these, one of the following cheeses. And then I'm going to maybe offer some sort of prize. I don't know what the prize is yet, but I'm going to definitely offer something. Your van? No, they can't have my van, Steve. Why are you in your van? I'm in my van because it's the best signal. My kids have been inside in the playroom where the signal in Jasper's room, he's now in bed. It'd be quite weird if I was sat in Jasper's room where there's the best internet signal for this whilst he's sleeping or trying to sleep (laughs) and I'm eating loads of cheese, half naked, whilst he's trying to get a good night's sleep, Steve. Is that good enough? Okay, i carry on.
1: Yeah. Is that good <laughs> If you do want to cheese along at home, the first cheese is Tunworth. Your next cheese, which I will take from my box of cheese, is Stickledon. No, Stitchleton. Stitchleton. Sorry, it's a bit creased, this cheese wrapper. The next one is Feldstone. Yep. l stone Yep. Then there's the half Cheddar, which is a beauty and finally the apatha APATHA so try and source those cheeses or one of those cheeses to be in with a chance of winning an unspecified and probably hugely underwhelming prize from Joe Marla if you can't be asked sourcing those cheeses that's fine um, maybe just choose whichever weapon you have in the fridge it might be a rind of cheddar it might be a cheese string it might be an unspecified cheese doesn't matter choose your cheese Get on with the cheese show yeah?
0: Oh yeah, I'm. I'd like that. I'd really like the thought of listeners listening to it whilst also consuming copious amounts of cheese. I'm excited about that. Before we get on to that, though, Tom, um, mm. we've had some feedback from last week's episode, mainly around my last meal on death row.
1: Your theoretical, yeah, theoretical, obviously, yeah. We should just in case people didn't hear the episode. Joe is not in line to be executed.
0: I'm not recording this from Texas, uh, death row. Anyway, we've we've had some feedback on, on my choice of coleslaw.
1: We've had some alternative suggestions, haven't we, Joe? So Matt has been in touch to say, my last meal would be pizza, for sure. Uh, maybe some herring. What the... F- herring? <laughs> One second. <laughs> He's got <a> herring.
0: <laughs> he, he needs Matt. Matt needs herring. 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 Matt, herring. Each to their own, but herring. What is herring? <laughs> What's herring? Is that some sort of fish or bird? It's
1: a fish. i if wondering if he wants it pickled. You often have a bit of pickled herring, don't you? I thought it
0: was one of those giant birds with, the, you know, the massive beak that's... That's like, similar. That's a heron. Heron. But yeah. No, Steve, don't
1: do that. Don't pull that face, Steve. Like I'm an idiot. I'm some sort of idiot. Difficult, isn't it? We've also had some feedback on the fungi the dolphin scenario. Hello,
0: there. Hello. <laughs>
1: uh, you'll remember in our marine biologist episode... <laughs>
0: I'm i I'm fungi. I'm fungi. Ah, 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 come and help me. Uh, anyone ah, anyone got a Guinness?
1: Well fungi, it's funny you should you should say that because I incorrectly stated that you were from Galway Bay. Um Ian Kirkpatrick is one of many Irish listeners who got in touch to say I was wrong. He says Fungi is from Dingle, he's a monster supporting dolphin jesus Wait, look at steve's <laughs> his face <is> just, <laughs> that, he's just put he's just head i
0: can't see his eyes he, but that's his. he said but at the microphone <laughs> oh fucking hell why you always have to ruin it you parrot. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway um i think this could be possibly the weirdest strangest episode of the podcast yet and in some ways I hope it is.
0: Right, well I've got my cheese, I've got my bottle of red, um and let's go, let's get cheese mongered Hi Joe.
1: Thanks for having me. In which seat are you in there, Joe? you in the you're not in the driver's seat there, are you? I'm in the back I'm
0: in I'm in the no, I'm in the back seat. Yeah.
2: And I've just I'm slightly distracted now because I believe that Joe is topless.
0: Yeah, I was getting very all oh, hot and sweaty. Um I always thought you'd have a hairier chest. Did you? Can you hear that? That's, yeah, slightly hairy. It's not really hairy. No, but not really.
1: I mean, the thing is, the contrast between your beard, which is beautiful and dense. Yeah. um, And well moisturised by Bulldog skincare products, and that of your chest.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, I've locked myself in. Oh, I'm getting all claustrophobic. Oh, no. Oh, what sort of. Honestly, this is ludicrous. This is bullshit. (laughs) Fuck you, Covid. Right, our guest today is a cheesemonger and his name is Ned Palmer. Hi, Ned. Hi, Joe. You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I've got plenty of cheese. Can I just start off by saying that Ned Palmer, for some reason, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's my mind playing tricks on me, but Ned Palmer actually sounds like someone that would know his cheese from his onions.
2: Is that your real name or is it a stage name? Well, I was. My parents called me Stephen when I was born and when I was six I decided to be called Ned because I read this book and the kid in it was called Ned and I went and said I want to be called Ned and they never called me anything else. I think that everything in my life follows from the fact that I was such a little arse when I was six (laughs) and such a geek that I chose Ned. It's quite useful because people don't meet very many Neds so they remember you.
0: Tom have you got anything uh, in front of you that smells a bit whiffy?
1: Ned, I've got a confession to make because yes. you very kindly sent Joe and I a remarkable package of cheeses. That was four days ago. Um, I'll level <laughs> with you, Ned. I've eaten most of the cheese. Why couldn't you wait, Tommy? You're a bit of a cheese fiend, are you? <laughs> have, you have you tried this cheese? Right, the thing I would say, Joe, without, you know, Ned's going to talk us through these cheeses. There's no stunt cheeses in there. There's no mm-hmm. cheese that's going to blow your face off. These are cheeses of a, of a rare subtlety and i think that's why i was able to keep going
2: fucking hell oh my god that <laughs> I, I know which i bet i know which one you've opened. Oh my i think you've god. opened the apatha that is the
0: apatha Yes.
2: you yeah i knew it see i didn't even have to see you. it's your reaction
0: right if you're uh, if you're listening to this and you're eating some cheese um it's you and me both but i've just opened and a pather, as Ned has rightly just guessed from my reaction, it smells feety. In fact, it smells worse than feet. It smells like someone's shoved a foot up a rat's ass, <laughs> and then gone. Yeah, I'll sell that for a silly amount of money because it looks very artisan.
2: I would say that was a lovely description, but definitely stick to the rugbying and don't don't try moving into the cheese writing there with the rat's <laughs> yeah. ass bit. I would say stick to the rugbying, that. Right.
0: So, thank you, Ned. So, Ned, how am I eating this? Am I putting this one on a cracker
2: or am I just eating it on its own? When you're tasting cheese really seriously, then I wouldn't have the cracker because you just want to have the flavours, the aromas and the textures of the cheese. When you're tasting cheese for competitions, you know, when I do judging, we have crackers in between, so I might eat 150 cheeses in the morning session. What? So um,
0: You eat easy. 150 yeah. cheeses?
2: There aren't that many professional trained cheese judges, so you have to eat quite a lot. So I would use the crackers to... Um, Cleanse your palate? To try and neutralise my mouth a bit between each thing. A bit of apple works really well too, yeah. Oh, Okay
1: when it comes to cutting our first cheese, is there something about the nose of a cheese that we should be aware of?
2: There is, and it is that the polite person does not cut it off. And in the north, it's called snebbing. Snebbing. So to sneb the cheese would be a bad thing. A dirty snebber would be someone who snebbed their cheese. Oh, dirty snebber. And they wouldn't be invited back for tea. So the correct way for a wedge-shaped piece like this is to cut a pie slice off it. And that gives you... A piece that's got a mix of cheese and rind. Joe, have you got your cheese ready?
0: I seem to have lost power. I know we've got
2: people who are live eating cheese. I love lost. this. I mean, it's this one benefit of all of this terrible experience. It's this online cheese tasting and, and the idea of live cheese eating is, is so exciting.
1: It's good, isn't it? Oh,
0: he's back now. Sorry, I lost power in the van, guys. I lost power in the van, so i couldn't see what i was doing with my cheese knife and my cheeses
2: what's this apatha so joe what i would say is yeah look at your cheese yeah notice this is a pale white tells us it's goat's cheese on the outside it's a bit pink that tells us it's washed rind yeah give it a squeeze it's important to feel texture it's quite bouncy yeah it is i like that a lot yeah i I like only ever squeeze your own cheese don't squeeze other people's cheese it's (laughs) not done (laughs) Give it a sniff, because aroma's a big part of flavour, and then eat it. It smells wonderful. does, doesn't it? Then as you eat it, think of the narrative structure of flavour. The cheese tells you a story. You get the beginning finish. As it warms in your mouth, you get the middle as it develops. And then as you finish it, it should be length. It should have a finish that's just like drinking a wine and, and thinking of that beginning, middle and finish. And oh, a really good cheese for me, even my... if it is mild, should have nice length. Goodness, that uh, do you know what? Do you know what's just happened? I've just sat here in my van.
0: I've cut some cheese, a path of cheese. It's the first time meeting you, inhead, and you've made me shut my eyes. In fact, you didn't make me. I just decided to shut my eyes. I smelt this path of cheese.
2: Mm.
0: I put it in. I placed. I felt it with my fingers. It was all bouncy and lovely. And I placed it inside <laughs> my mouth. And then I, I chewed chewed it all around my mouth and as of that i'm keeping my eyes shut and fucking hell it was so good oh oh, oh, that was lovely i feel so relaxed (laughs) i feel so relaxed this is London. i just (laughs) want to eat cheese all night why so that was goat's milk was it goat's milk milk, yeah is goat's milk like
2: more expensive is it like the posher version of cheeses goat's milk cheeses do tend to cost more than cow's milk Partly because goats are smaller. You don't get as much milk out of a goat. I think it's a bit harder to make. I think cow's milk's a bit more forgiving. Goat's milk's a bit more ticklish, a bit more skillful, And you can mess it up. And one thing is you can make it really goaty. And it doesn't have to be really goaty. I don't really know what goat tastes like.
0: What, do, what does a goat taste like? Have you met a goat? I've never, no. Ah. I've never got close
2: enough. Wow, well, so God. I haven't lived, have I, Ned? I haven't lived. No, you haven't lived. You haven't lived until you've smelled a goat. Yeah. And I tell you what, when I think about people discovering cheese 9,000 years ago, you do think a lot of cheese smells like decay. And it smells like odd things and things you might not want to eat. And it amazes me that these wonderful people got past that, thought, I'm going to eat that funny bit of off-milk and see what happens.
1: You wonder if, if Joe, I know you have issues with trust, Joe. The first person to be offered a stinky cheese, like the trust that was involved there (laughs) Yeah. when someone's going, what, you want me to eat this? Nah, that stinks. No, honestly, it's really nice. Give it a go. What, this, Mm. serious, this off-milk?
0: Right, if we want to find out about the first cheese, We've got to go back several millennia to the Middle East, apparently, where cheese making yeah. was invented, or, as it says here, perhaps it would be more truthful to say discovered. How was cheese discovered? Where was it? So it's Middle East. Yeah. Several millennia ago. Yeah. I don't know what several mill. How long? Is several millennia.
2: Well, it's not, it, it, the first evidence is around 7,000 BCE, so that's 9,000 years ago. First evidence um Joe's gone dark again. I'm actually now <laughs> sitting in
0: the pitch black with my phone light on under my face, eating another cheese. Sorry, I am listening to you, Ned. It's just I can't help but
2: tuck into the next one, which was a fellstone. You want to start with the milder cheese, like the fellstone would have been very good to start with. Going for the A Path of Straight Away was a bold move, Joe. I'd have had that as the pre-penultimate cheese but i am very happy to move to the stitcherton if you'd like to because it's really amazing where the fuck's my stitcherton (laughs) where's my stitcherton well you can't see because it's dark Uh, so you'll have to locate it by smell and we'll try and describe the smell view hang on what sort of shape am i looking for it's a pie slice hopefully
0: what's it called Stitchelton. Yes, I've got it. I just found it. It's a fucking good job I found that. Otherwise, that would have stunk out the the van. This is the
2: best tasting I've um, ever done. Right, <laughs> that mini wedge of Stilton. Careful now, Joe. Stitchelton. If you call it Stilton, you're breaking the law, Joe. What, what do it's you mean I'm breaking to the, call the law? It Stilton. Why? Well, it's made with unpasteurised milk. And in the 1990s, the Stilton Makers Association said all Stilton has to be made with pasteurised milk. So you cannot make a cheese to their method and in the area of Britain with raw milk and call it Stilton. It would be illegal. So this is called Stitchelton, which is the old Anglo-Saxon name for the town of Stilton because Joe wasn't allowed to call it Stilton. Wow,
0: Oh wow!
1: and
2: Stilton's just off the A1, isn't it, by Peterborough? Yeah, you can't make Stilton in Stilton, though. What? Do try and keep up, Tom. You're not allowed to, because it's not in. You can only make Stilton in Nottinghamshire, Leicestershire and Derbyshire. You can't make Stilton in Stilton? No. Can you make cheddar in cheddar? Yeah, cheddar is not so regionally protected, and I think partly because it was the most widely made cheese in the world until the 60s when mozzarella took over because of pizzas.
0: I've just dro- I've just dropped my Stilkelton all over the fuck. I've just dropped it all
1: over the floor, lads. He's naked. He's got his headphones on. He's in a van. He's yeah. lit very strangely from above. And he's smashing yeah. Stichelton into his beard. And I think he's swigging a very fine wine from the bottle, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> why, why wine? Why cheese and wine? You know when you have... Uh, or is it just wine with everything yeah. these days? Oh, I'm having mates over.
2: Wine. I'm watching a film. Wine. I'm homeschooling the kids wine why wine and <laughs> cheese tell you one thing I think they're both fermented so cheese is essentially it's a fermented product because you ferment the milk with bacterial cultures to turn lactose into lactic acid and when you make wine you ferment the sugar or any booze you ferment sugar into booze using yeast I think that's a reason there's a lot of flavors in wines that go really beautifully with cheese More in a white than a red for me. I think white's a better partner. Really? I don't think red's that great a partner for cheese, yeah.
0: Really? I always thought red wine was was the cheese... Was the thing. Was the wine for cheese, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I think for one thing, there's. last time someone counted there were more than 1,500 varieties of cheese in the world, they can't all go with red wine, is one thing. 1,500? This is from... God, it's, I think it's called the Wisconsin Dairy Institute who study this sort of thing, and they came up with a number. That was quite a while ago, so it might be more. The other thing that I don't understand as a recovering philosopher is how you decide how to count cheese. Because if you say there's cheddar, there's just cheddar. Or you say there's Montgomery's, Keens pitch for West, you know, Cathedral City. Uh, 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 Tom, 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 Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom. Don't say the C word in here. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, He didn't say that. And yes, I'm sure it's a cheddar of sorts. Uh, And then you go to a village in France and there's a nice old lady with about three tiny goats cheeses. And if you ask her what it's called, she looks at you like you're an idiot and goes, it's called cheese. (laughs) So she doesn't even have a name. It's just the cheese she makes on her farm. So how can you count them? I don't know how they did it. What's it like being a cheesemonger? That's what I would like to know. Like what's your yeah, well, what's
1: your daily routine as a cheesemonger, a monger of cheese?
2: Well, it depends. Uh, when I was a retail cheesemonger, you work on the counter selling cheese, talking to people about cheese like we're doing now. I worked in the cellar looking after cheeses, washing them, turning them, rubbing them, patting them, sometimes singing to them, which was so, so fulfilling. I loved it because you help this cheese on its journey from being this hard white tasteless round to something crazy ripe like that really runny one we've got there that started out its life as a firm textured thing with no rind so seeing it and shepherding it through its journey to becoming that is a really lovely experience meeting a lot of cheesemakers really horribly early starts i think the only people that have as horrible early starts as us farmers at christmas time when when you live or die on christmas if you're a retail cheesemonger you get up at horrifically early to get in early and taste through 150 stiltons to find the best ones for the day say or something like that that was quite a thing being there at five taste through the rack of stiltons to find the best ones for that day because they're all ripening all ripening really fast all the time and i'd get my temples would go cold and i'd start to feel a little bit high because i'd have so many bits and then for my christmas cheese i would have a massive piece of Stilton. Oh my God. So it's just, it's really fulfilling. And I've done. Sounds heavenly. It's so good. It's such a fun job and it's completely by chance. And also after my philosophy degree, I thought that's a bit bollocks. So I got a job (laughs) as a builder's laborer and I have actually dug ditches and I know empirically that this is better than digging <laughs> ditches did you have the best cheese sandwiches of all the funny thing about working as a cheesemonger is that they really encourage you to try all the products so you're allowed to eat anything they stopped with the smoked salmon after a while because it was like 70 pounds a kilo 20 years ago and they're like no more smoked salmon lads but um when you were broke all you ate was toast cheese toasties and you'd take the offcuts home and make cheese dishes with them so at the end of the month you get broken and you're- All you would eat is cheese. So being a cheesemonger is the only job where the broker you are, the fatter you get. What's the best cheese for a cheese toasty? Can I have three?
1: Please, if you put them on a podium. If you can do a sort of one, two, three or three, two,
2: one. Yeah, right. So one would be cheddar, grated Proper good cheddar, like we're about to have this lovely Havold, a proper Somerset cheddar like Monty's or Pitchfork. bit of, I like some Marmite or some uh, Worcester sauce. Kirkham's Lancashire, mm. it, much milder than cheddar, tastes like butter crumble, and you, you mustn't grate it. You have to just crumble it on, and I would just have that own oh, naturel. And then my third one would be a stinky wash rind like that Al Patha, but a bit stinkier, maybe, with garlic pickle. Uh, the washer are really stinky, and when you toast them, they get more stinky, more feety and intimate, with some garlic pickle, and then the missus won't kiss me for a week, <laughs> but it would be worth it. That's my three <laughs> toasties. Wow. What do you go for,
1: Joe? What do you reach for for a cheese toastie?
0: I like the cheddar. The cheddar is is my go-to, and I often have it sliced, not grated. So I'll slice it. That's okay. So I'll toast. I'll toast my toast. I mean, I'll toast my bread. <laughs> i'll toast my toast i've got my toast that's toasted <laughs> i've just <laughs> why got to toast
2: toast <laughs> you might double toast it <laughs> you triple cook chips why not well, no why not triple uh, yeah, toast, your bread? toast
0: your toast you toast anyway i got my bread i toast it i pull it out i put it on the the grill then i slice my cheddar not too thin but not too thick and then i'll lay it out and then what i'll do is i'll probably get some grated mozzarella and i'll put that on top ah. of the cheddar and then I put it under, and I keep checking it. I pull it back, pull it back, keep checking it. And I like it when it turns a little bit brown. That's when I start pulling it off, and I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. I look, I come up with the smuggest grin going. I turn to the kids, and I go, you're not going to appreciate this, are you? You're just going to shove it down your mouth, and you're not going to really appreciate the effort and the love that I've put into this cheese on toast. <laughs> and I don't want to give it to you. I'm, I'm really struggling here whether i should give it to you but i give it to him because apparently as a parent you've got to feed your kids um and look after them. so i do but then i always hold back the nicer bits for myself
2: are they the slightly more brown bits the crispier bits all the crispier bits crispier the better is there any food that
1: isn't improved with cheese
2: in lancashire they have a saying that apple pie without cheese is like a kiss without a squeeze what apple pie without cheese is like a kiss without
1: a squeeze but what so the cheese is the foreplay in that scenario is it is the cheese the foreplay or the next step, second base? <laughs> They're having them
2: both at the same time, so make of that what you will. Uh, I, I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, and in Yorkshire, and, and they would have Wednesday Dale and Christmas cake—just delicious thing to do. In my household, we've got baby bells,
0: mm-hmm. we've got cheese strings, mm. we've got. I was talking to Daisy, my wife, the other night about this. I said, "Oh, what do you remember? Those Dairy Lee triangles." Mm. And she went, yeah, I went, I used to just eat them as the triangle. I wouldn't spread it on anything. I'd just eat the triangles. No, of
2: course not. Why would you? And she yeah, went, totally. She went. yeah,
0: I know, me too. Can we get some now? I went, no, it's fucking <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. We're not going out and getting some <laughs> Dairy thingy. I think Boris might have a fit. Joe, there's Deliveroo, mate. You can get anything on Deliveroo now. That's unheard of in the area that we live in, I'm afraid. Oh, what, what else do we have that's slightly contrary? Cheese strings. Yeah. Are they real cheeses? Do you count them as cheeses in the cheese
2: world? I do. And so this is a somewhat controversial opinion, but I would say that squeezy cheese or dairy is to proper cheese as pornography is to love. So there is a place (laughs) for everything. I mean, ethical pornography, not horrible stuff.
0: I wasn't expecting so many um, sexual or love references uh, with our cheese
2: tasting night, if I'm honest. It's never happened in a tasting before, Joe. The unifying principle is you. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe me. We are cheese pioneers, then,
0: I would say. I'm going to tuck into <laughs> yeah. this, uh, yeah. is it Hatford? Havod. Ha- Havod.
2: Havod. Right, I'm going to... And what's this, a cheddar? It's a cheddar. It's made in Wales, in Ceredigion in West Wales. Yep. Right, I'm going in. Quite moist. I'm giving it a little sniff.
1: And as we taste this delightful cheese... Uh, Let's have a few ads. I'm going in. Um.
2: Well, it's a quiz.
0: But this time, it's a podcast. Yes! With me, Makita Oliver.
2: I was going to go with that at first, you know. I really was.
0: I love a quiz.
2: I'm nervous.
0: Aww. How many edges does a 20p have? Ugh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my
1: God, I'm doing so badly.
0: We will quiz, we will chat, and then we will repeat forever. Just search quiz, chat, repeat in your podcast app. This episode is sponsored by Bob Hope. Bob has a black
1: Labrador called Dougie who spends four hours a day walking in the woods behind his house. To be more like Bob, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marla Show and grow the show. This episode is also
0: sponsored by Dave Darking. His best friend is his on-and-off girlfriend of 25 years.
2: On and off for 25 years? Fucking hell!
0: Make a decision! <laughs> uh, he likes the TV show Vikings, and his favourite drinking buddies are King, Lewis and
1: Tristan. Thank you, Dave. To be more like Dave, you know what you got to do. Go to Patreon com forward slash Joe show and grow the show and this episode is sponsored by Josh Buckley not Jeff Buckley who
0: sang hallelujah Hallelujah also sung by Alexandra Burke
2: off of the X Factor His favorite fruit is the candy floss grape whoosh. He cooks kidney bean enchiladas for his
0: vegetarian partner and adds a pack or two, not just one, two, of chilli heatwave Doritos on top.
1: Go on, Josh. To be more like Bob, Dave and Josh, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe show and grow the show. Those were the ads, Joe. You are—you have eaten some Hafod during the ad break. What's your reaction, please? Sorry, I've missed that really badly because I've
0: put another piece <laughs> in my mouth. Um, <laughs> what of a different cheese? No, I had to go again for it. Oh, my God, it is. Um, I'm really worried that the listeners are just going to be so weirded out by this close up <laughs> of me just eating cheese ASMR style. You two don't sound as heavy breathing or thinking. Maybe that's my weight issues as well.
2: What what am I tasting in that Halford? Well, one thing that I tell people is to just say what comes into your head. And it's something I was taught. I was inducted into the Guild of Cheese Graders a few. Years ago, like when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be in the Guild of Assassins or Thieves or something. But I can still happen, Ned. Don't rule it out. Well, I don't see why not. I think that's. To- I think I could do a career change anyway. I think I'd make an amazing sniper. You would be the last person I
0: think of being an assassin. So, like Tom's, like Tom's just said, there's definitely a chance
2: for you to still make that. You can legitimately carry knives around and mold and spores yeah all sorts of stuff yeah and what they said to me is just say the first things that come into your head don't censor yourself don't second guess yourself because your subconscious is much better at this than you are so and smell is, and taste is so much to do with memory so um when i smell it i get earth mushrooms bit of stone i get a bit of old church you know that i was yeah i was getting wood i was dank.
1: getting wood i'm sorry
2: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> was i know i like cheese but i mean i was yeah.
2: <laughs> I was is, getting wood. This one's going out after nine. It's really. I was <laughs> getting woody, like yeah. It's like I think that's a really yeah. nice word. You, and that for me isn't the same sort of spectrum of flavours as stone and earth. Mm. Is that woody bit of that dankness? What's dankness? Well, I think that the kids of today have a different meaning to me because dank seems to refer to really strong ganja, like dank weed. <laughs> And then there's Dank Memes, which You've g- you like given us ganja cheese halfway <laughs> <cheese? laughs> oh, through the podcast, oh, like it. It. Oh, oh, oh. You see, you know how he took his top off and yeah, you oh. wait till you have... No, this you is won't.
0: all the plan, was it? This a conspiracy.
2: Yeah. I just mean, I guess, Dank, like moist, celery, earthy... I think I'll be friends with this cheese. I'd like to be friends
1: with this cheese. Do you know why? Go on. Because it's an honest cheese, right? It's not fancy Dan cheese. Mm. It's quite chilled out. It's relaxed. It's not going to suddenly... It's not gonna jump out from the door and scare the shit out of me. It's it's like a solid but interesting, complex cheese. Tom, I like how you're trying to connect uh with this cheese
0: on, on a slightly deeper level. That that means you're taking it seriously, which is nice to know for the first time in what, six months <laughs> working together that you're taking this semi serious which is lovely. <laughs> you talk about making I need I need the the breakdown of how the fuck
2: do you make a cheese? Well, you get some milk. Mhm. And the milk is full of lactose, milk sugar. Mm-hmm. You want to turn that lactose into lactic acid. It pickles the milk, sours it, preserves it in the old way actually. So you add a starter culture. Lactophilic bacteria loves lactose, eats all the lactose, turns it into lactic acid. So that sours your milk and it starts to separate the liquid off the solids. This is not very really appetising, but just so you know. When your milk goes off, that's what's happening. You know it smells a bit odd, and if you taste it by mistake, it's sour. Mm. You'll also notice if you left it for way too long, it would start to separate out, and you'd see the liquid separating off it. So you can take that milk you've added your culture to, and you could drain it off in a bit of cloth, and you would have cream cheese. You had a very simple cheese. You'd need to put some salt in because it tastes quite boring without salt. And that would be a form of very primitive cheese. Being so soft, it won't keep for long. So the next thing you want to do to your proto-cheese is add rennet, an enzyme that coagulates milk and, and, and squeezes out the liquid. Then you have a kind of gel. looks a bit like creme caramel, and that's your curd. You ladle that into little moulds or big moulds for cheddar, draining off more whey, and you add salt. You had salt at different stages for different cheeses. But basically, you then have cheese. So you've got milk, you added starter culture, you added rennet to coagulate it, you drained off all the way you could, and you added salt. And the amazing thing is that nearly all the cheese in the world is made using that method and those ingredients. And all the cheeses I've sent you, that all look so different and taste so different, are all made with milk, culture, rennet, salt. And they're drained and that's it. And it's cheese is magic. Talk me through this cheese that I've come across, which is
0: called a Milbenkasi. Hang on, it's German, so I'm going to have to do my German accent. Oh, hazard. Hazard. <laughs> no. No. Fuck. That's the wrong one. Danke. Uh, Guten on Tag. Okay. No, that's fucking <laughs> South African again. Guten Tag. Go on. on. Mil, Milbenkasi. Milbenkass. Milbenkas Milbenkais. Kaiser milburn Kaiser. it's spelled m-i-l-b-e-n-k-a-s-e yeah
2: heard of it no oh okay
0: this is this is going to be great then so we, can, <laughs> I did we can say
2: there were more than one and a half thousand cheeses in yeah, the world it's, it's fine and also i'm i i did not want to lie
0: so this cheese is uh is produced in workvids
2: and it's from a quark what's quark Quark. quark is quark. like um, cream cheese. like You know the thing I described the first stage? Okay, so it's at that stage. It's like cream cheese, yeah, and you you don't add rennet for quark. Okay,
0: so this, this says they sit this quark mm. amongst dust mites. Dust nice. mites for several months mm-hmm. with some rye for the dust mites to nibble on. Okay, like the mites then shit all over it. <laughs> and in the in the mites poo is an enzyme Mm. and it ripens the cheese that turns it progressively yellow red brown and then black at which point it's eaten with all the mites on it (laughs) what that is an artisan cheese produced in germany yeah and it's made me feel somewhat sick well don't don't eat it
2: (laughs) why save it for me oh i'll have it (laughs) Okay. It. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Daisy's wanted me to get rid of that one uh, for a long time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Save it. Keep keep it in the caravan. Yep. Keep it nice and warm, and it'll be more fun when I come round to eat it. We'll be, we'll need some whiskey. I think this one might top it, though, and it's a casu mazu. Casu mazu. Italiano.
0: Yes. It's a casu mazu. Yes. Do you want to
2: explain this one to Tom for me, please, Ned? Yeah, so that one, it's a contentious cheese. It's illegal throughout the EU. It's made in Sardinia. Illegal cheese. Illegal cheese, yeah. People eat it, but illegally, and they're aficionados. What they do is they encourage maggots to grow on the cheese. And they're a specific kind of maggot, (laughs) not any old maggot. And they turn a hard cheese into a creamy cheese. But the other thing is, it's crucial that the maggots are alive when you eat it. Because when they die, they become toxic. What? They're not toxic. They're maggots. We mean they're not know, nice right? when they're alive. But it gets better than this. You thought that bit was grim. The other thing is that when they are alive, which they need to be, otherwise you die if you eat it. They jump, and if they get into your eyes, these things they <laughs> cause damage, and it's bad <laughs> because apparently it's bad to get worms. It's bad. Right? So you have to wear safety goggles to eat it or i think traditionally before safety goggles they would like cover their eyes to eat it yeah i've never had it and to be blunt with all respect to the people of sardinia i very much doubt that i will but there it is kazumazu some people have described it as the most dangerous cheese
0: in the world brilliant um and i think maybe it's you know but
2: i know about more dangerous cheeses but sure i think it's it is probably very
1: hang on there's a more dangerous cheese than a kazumazu what's it called jane it's a (laughs) Casumazu. (laughs) Casumazu. (laughs) Casumazu.
0: don't knock the sardinians mate they've got one of the highest if not the highest um, levels of centenarians, centenarians, people that live over 100. Maybe that cheese has got something in it that's actually giving you
2: Well, it's obviously a, it's a form of, of unnatural selection, isn't mm. it? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, anyone who can survive Kazumazu eating... They're going to live to 110. ...can live yep. more than 100 years. That's yeah. how, yeah. That's that's how a superhero.
0: it works. That's how it works. Yeah. You said there's more, a, a cheese more dangerous than that. Tom got
2: really excited and scared. Well, people have died for it, you see, for cheese. And there was a thing in 1766, which was the Great Cheese War. Hang on a second. No, so, yeah, no, no, no. And, and, and no, it's in my no, book, no, no, so no. it must be true. No, but no, no, this yeah, is bollocks. Yeah, it's a real thing. This is
0: a wind-up. Yeah, People are fighting. Joe, I read it in a book. So they're fighting with cheese as their weapons of choice, or they're fighting over No, but the that cheese. has happened too. Uh, okay, right, yeah. you go with yours then. They were oh, fighting over cheese. Right, you go with your story then, let's go.
2: Okay, uh, 1766, the British had just beat the French again, like fighting with the French was a sort of national pastime until the 19th century, and in this one, they wiped the French so severely, they even gave them some of the land back. But after the war, there was a lot of big tax bill to pay off, so taxes went up, food prices went up, economy was really popping, and... People from out of town were coming into your villages and towns buying up the cheese at a higher price and taking it away to sell in cities. And people didn't like it. And there were riots. And the best ones, to my mind, happened in Nottingham in 1766, where local people started, and they were called rude lads. The local rude lads, which are like 18th century rude boys, um, (laughs) started surrounding the mongers and forcing them, intimidating them into selling it at the old price. And people started trying to get away with their cheese. So they put armed guards, these cheese writers, around Nottingham to stop them taking cheese away. And the mayor came out, this is one of the dangerous bits, the mayor came out to remonstrate with them and they were rolling cheeses down the street and he got knocked over and injured by a rolling cheese. <laughs> I love that. I don't know if it's this,
1: this cheese we're eating, Joe, but as Ned is telling us these stories of the Great Cheese War, I'm in my head I'm seeing the battle fought with cheese, so I could see like a massive wheel of Edam would make a very effective shield against the great grape shots.
2: Yes, you could have really hard little goats cheeses. We haven't tried the goats cheese yet, but if you matured this lovely little Hebden for about six months, it would become rock hard, and you could use it as ammunition in a sling or a very wide-mouthed shotgun.
0: I just, you know that, you know that um, cheese rolling competition that they have down in. Yes, where's that down? Where's that down? Gloucestershire. In Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. And how it's gotten yeah. very, well, dangerous. They say, like, yeah. people get break their legs, like shatter bones, yeah. and
1: Cooper's Hill, isn't it?
0: That's it. Well done, Tom. It is. Cooper's. But the speed <laughs> at which these cheeses go down that hill, as well as the people, yeah, I would. That's how I would defend my country or my castle. I would, <laughs> I would build my castle on a massive hill, approximately a hundred foot high, and it's a gradient of what's that gradient? What's the gradient that goes right up? 90?
1: It's a steep gradient. It's a steep gradient.
2: <laughs> it's steep. It's steep. It's very steep. And
0: I'm I'm making all these massive wheels of... What's
2: the hardest cheese you can get, Ned? The hardest cheese. Um, I reckon it's mimolette, which is a French cheese. and looks like the surface of a moon. It's a ball and you could use it as a cannonball. There's a story about a naval battle where they ran out of cannonballs and they fired hard cheeses like this... <laughs> I've just remembered this. Thank you, Joe. They fired cannonballs and they sunk a ship. So recently on one of those um, documentary things, they had a go at doing this and they found they could rip some canvas sails with firing (laughs) cheeses from a cannonball. That would stink though, wouldn't it? It would stink. It said the blokes got injured with cheese (laughs) shrapnel in the story. Joe, my fear, if you were going to try and
1: defend your land, as you call it, or your castle, by rolling cheeses, is that these cheeses may be used as weapons against you. So let's say against they set you, up some yeah. siege engines, some trebuchets. Yeah. No sooner have you rolled the cheese down the hill, they've just let them run out of steam and then...
0: Yeah, yeah but Tom, when have you ever heard of a trebuchet being able to hit a castle with a wheel of cheese when my castle <laughs> is 100 foot high? Is 100 foot a lot? i'm sure is, I'm not sure really it's high. is it not, not really Fuck. as castles go okay. not, not huge 200 no. foot high uh just something really high yeah, yeah that's um, better i Tom you when you're knocking down my cheese castle defense tom just let me live this dream out which leads me nicely well done tom this is see this is leads me nicely <laughs> onto dreams and why do i always end up having vivid dreams eating cheese before bed
2: and there's a theory that cheese is a bit hard to digest, so that when you um, when you go to bed and you've eaten some cheese, uh, your body's still quite active, and so your brain's a bit active. But that's a bit of a boring theory. So my personal favourite theory is because cheese is psychoactive, particularly hard cheeses, because it has a chemical called tyrosine or tyramine. I never remember which, which is. The precursor for serotonin, so you need tyrosine or tyramine to make serotonin in your brain. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter, so that affects your brain. So cheese is psychoactive. So I would like to think that that's what's happening, Joe's. You've just had a mammoth serotonin burst from your nice big piece of cheese, and you just have it. are they happy dreams? Went these dreams? Yeah. Should we, should we talk about your dreams? <laughs> we'll leave that for. A- <laughs> for another
0: pod um, <laughs> if i'm honest sorry. with you ned but thank I'm you. That's given, interviewing you that's giving me a sorry, really sorry. nice insight into that because i'm pretty sure serotonin isn't that like the happy drug yes isn't it or something you need cheese makes you happy yeah so cheese does make you happy so if you're listening to this we're so. encouraging you to just gorge see what i did that gorge like cheddar gorge mm. cheddar gorge yourself mm-hmm on cheese as much as possible while still maintaining some sort of healthy balanced lifestyle with regular exercise, only once a day at the minute in lockdown. Um and also a balanced diet of other things, you know, say salmon um or uh Mm. apples. Salmon and apples. Salmon, apples
2: and cheese. What sort
0: of diet is that? Well it's balanced.
2: I tell you what, I think this is genius. Tom, are you
0: are you nibbling again? you little, got broke. little, sorry. You little <laughs> rat what are
2: you eating are you doing a new one or i've dived into the is it tunworth ah have you got tunworth yeah i have yeah joe have you got a very gloopy cheese very gloopy smells particularly feety sort of white furry velvety rind on the outside yeah i've got a tunworth it looks a lot like a uh camembert raymond blanc who's quite a famous chef french chef says it's the best camembert in the world this tunworth he's not allowed back into france anymore yeah <laughs> i mean it's creamy it's sweet
0: oh my god am i eating oh oh god it's lovely am i eating the skin mm-hmm. can i eat the skin defo the rind oh so it's called rind not skin call it skin if you want it's, we call it the rind i uh, i love to i've always loved cheese Neb. i'm a big big cheese lover I used to sit on my mate's uh, bed. I remember we were, what, 13, 14? I'd go around my mate's house. And a lot of other 13, 14-year-old kids would go out and kick a ball about, cause trouble, you know, play knock-down ginger, knock-and-run or whatever you used to call it, 40-40. All those sort of silly nonsense, you know. And me and my mate, Sean, his name is, would sit in his bed, um, we'd get a towel, we'd lay this towel out on his... Oh, God,
1: that cheese is so good
0: lay this towel out on his bed and we'd get a couple of cheeses um nothing fancy because we didn't know fancy cheeses back then we just we'd get a block of cheddar we'd push to a bit of brie maybe whatever was in his mum's fridge and uh he'd get some sweet chili out and because we were young we're not you know we haven't got an experienced palate yet so we'd get some sweet chili dipping sauce out and he'd get the salad cream out and we would sit there with crackers, a whole pack of crackers, a whole block of cheese, a whole block of brie. And we'd sit there playing Xbox, eating cheese together. And <laughs> I've no idea why I've told you that story. Um, apart from trying to explain to you that my love of cheese, I'd like to think, comes
2: close to your love of cheese. Because you must love cheese. Do you- Really, really love it. And, and that was a beautiful story, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm not against the sweet chilli sauce. The salad cream is a little bit weird for me, but a chilli sauce, I'd be down with that. I get
0: why, that. Why? Why are
2: you not down with salad cream? Have you tried it? Well, yeah, in about 1976 was the last yeah. time I had. Oh, salad piss cream. off, Ned. It's fucking made a, it's made, a is it made a comeback.
0: It's made a comeback.
2: It's made a comeback. Oh, my God. You know, I think we're the only country in the world that eats it. I don't think anyone else knows what it is. But they've got mayonnaise. So why would they just, you
1: know, I know there's the great mayonnaise salad cream war here, but.
2: What about, um, this is going to, I'm going to ruin my brand now, Joe. White bread salad cream sandwiches. Nothing else, just white bread and salad cream. What about that? White bread and salad cream sandwiches.
1: Yeah,
0: sliced white. Uh, My first reaction would be, all right, each to their own. It's fine. Like my wife, (laughs) she dips uh, jam on toast in her tea. That's quite strange too. Oh right, that's strange. But just eating salad cream sandwiches isn't. No,
2: (laughs) no, it's absolutely normal. Each to their own. It's
0: it's just a bit. I'd like a little bit more substance for myself. I need to keep my weight on. You see, and there's not enough calories just in the salad cream and white bread
2: Mm, salad cream you need the cheese as
0: well this ton worth ned is fucking phenomenal i just want to sit here and eat a ton of it get it can either of you tell me what the most expensive cheese in the world is
2: well i think it's donkey milk cheese from serbia oh he's nailed it oh thank god for that
0: for an extra point can you tell me its name
1: If it's Serbian, there'll be a lot of consonants and insufficient vowels.
2: They're really short of vowels in Serbia. Is
1: it (laughs) sprubližba? It is. It is. The most expensive cheese in the world is
0: $1,700 US. For how much? For a pound of cheese. It's produced at a nature preserve in Serbia. So you were right there, Ned. And it is called pul. Puli. Pulé? Pul.
2: P-U-L-E. How's a Serbian saying that? (sighs) Don't know, which is embarrassing because I've got Serbian nephews and they'll kill me. Literally, you know they would. They're quite one of them. He's got he's got those tattoos on his knees, you know the Russian ones where you don't oh. kneel, and he's got the tree of life on his chest, and he's quite. on oh, he's got his block number because they grew up in blocks in Belgrade, and he's got his block number like in Judge Judge. Who on
0: earth would have thought this cheese tasting night would have got onto? your nephew being Serbian with tattoos all over and those weird ones on his knees.
1: Ned, uh, things I've been wondering in advance of talking to you, Ned Palmer, cheese monger, expert monger of cheese. If the moon was genuinely made out of cheese, what would be the best cheese for it to be made out of? I'm thinking in terms of lunar landings, like the moon not breaking up and peppering Earth with cheese asteroids. What do you think?
2: With cheese shrapnel. We'd have to be quite durable, but yet quite flexible. Actually, I know exactly what it would be made of. It would be made of a cheese called Lincolnshire Poacher, which is the love child of cheddar and gruyere. So cheddar is quite hard and durable, and gruyere is more flexible. So it is a mix of both cheddar and, and, and gruyere, and it would have that kind of flexibility that would allow a spaceship to land on it, but the durability for it not to you know um, to fail. Um,
1: the advocacy of Wallace and Gromit uh, yes. for Wednesdaydale, has this impacted
2: in any way on sales of Wensleydale cheese. Hugely. And apparently, at the time, Nick Parks wasn't into it. It's just he thought it was a funny-sounding word. But it's now, I think, it might be the most widely exported British cheese. It's certainly giving cheddar a run for its money. And if you go to Hawes, where they make it, you'll see images of Wallace and Gromit everywhere because they love them, because it really it brought them back from the brink. It's a wonderful story. That makes me very
1: happy. And it leads me to my third... Quick fire cheese question. Is it true, Ned Palmer, that mice prefer chocolate to cheese? So if Joe was leaving a series of mousetraps around his caravan this evening when he eventually departs it naked from the waist up, smelling of cheese, would he be better lacing his mouse traps with chocolate or with cheese?
2: Well, oddly enough, it is chocolate. And the reason I know this is when I work for a great cheese shop i won't say who it is because we wouldn't like to say that there were mice there but there were and we actually had to put chocolate down and that's in a cheese shop so if you wanted to catch a mouse you needed to put chocolate down so empirically that is true i that's are
0: you no no i'm
2: sorry joe when have
0: you ever (laughs) seen an episode of tom and jerry and they've gone oh i'm gonna fucking shove a bit of chocolate under
2: there to get him out joe I know this is going to be painful for you, but I don't <laughs> think Tom and Jerry is based on reality. Certainly, in terms of cheese, cheese microbiology, and, and the eating habits of mice.
0: All right, if you say so. If you say so, that's cool. We've got one last cheese remaining here. I'm skeptical. I'm nervous. I'm. It's the smallest one that you've been. I've been given. Yeah. It's got a goat drawing on it. It's called a what? Hebden Galt Galt. Are you? Are you cup of tea? Are you me? Are you on? You want cup tea? No, that's no, not. Is that Norvin? Is that Norvin? Like cup, ah, you want a cup
2: of tea? It sounded more southwest. Is it?
1: Oh, it?
0: did yeah. to me, Joe. I've got to I, I admit, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. monkey, oh, you want oh yeah, that's it. I got it. Oh, monkey, you want a cup of tea? And if if you want if you if we've got no biscuits to put with your tea, John you some Hebden Goat handmade in Yorkshire. It's cheese, it's gorge cheese that you can dip in your tea. Do you want some? <laughs> is that alright? Is that what well, is that where it's from?
2: That was that was that was okay. Oh
0: sorry, I've just picked it up, Ned, and it's very pale on the inside. And yeah. but the rind is very different. Why is the rind
2: so different? The rind is it's base. it's largely a mould. I reckon there might be a bit of yeast on here. Oh. And there's a lovely wrinkly mould called geochicum. He smells slightly cabbagey smell. Oh, yeah. Just a bit cabbagey. It's another quite new cheese made by one called Gillian Clough, who's actually a radiography lecturer. A radiography lecturer? I think that's what she does. Like, she's quite a scientific background. So by day, she, she looks at people's bones. Teaches other people how to look at people's okay, bones. Okay, so she's
0: the queen of of bone-looking.
2: And queen the of then bone by looking. night, she's making this goat cheese. Cheesemakers are really dedicated people. It's quite hard work. The margins of rubbish and i love the fact that she does works really hard doing radiography lecturing and then also makes cheese with her 10 goats i think she's got 10 goats that's not a big point about that It's a very small herd of don't worry ned i wasn't blown away by you describing ten
0: goats as... I wasn't going, oh, fucking hell, she's got ten. <laughs> she's got ten goats. Who
1: who on earth in the world has managed to get hold of That's ten goats? It is ten. Yeah, I know, I right? mean, it's still... It, it is, I'm not knocking her. Radiography lecturing must pay well. She's, yeah. She can afford <laughs> ten goats. Colossal herd. Rampaging around Hebden. I just
0: wanted to be clear. I can't quite describe this one, Ned. Mm.
2: It is... It's wonderful, very strong. Say the first thing that comes into
0: your head. Okay, like I'm picturing that I'm in hospital and not hospital. I'm picturing the dentist now. I've just been gassed. Okay. You know, when you're a kid and they put that mask and it tastes a bit strawberry, but also chemically. Yeah. Now I'm not really, I know I haven't really described the
2: cheese in, in a good light here, but that's what I'm, that's all I'm getting. If there's a, if there's a sensation that isn't bitterness... And isn't sour yes, but it's yes, another thing yes
0: ned yes it's that yes yes and it's
2: a little bit mouth drying yes it's that
0: i wanted to call it bitter but i didn't know how to say bitter without it sounding negative cuz usually the connotations around the word bitter is negative but it's not i mean it in a in mm. a nice way the bitterness of it was, it was nice it was
2: it was nitter mm. it was nice bitter nitter I might borrow that, Joe, if that's okay. I like that. Knitter. It, had, it has a knitter. You, you have that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're very kind. I, I,
0: feel, I feel like I've got gout. I feel like two hours ago I didn't have gout, but I feel
2: like <laughs> I've got it from drinking <laughs> this red wine and copious amounts of cheese. I'd be really terrible if I'd done that to a great sport personality like you, Joe. No, but I think it's worth it.
0: The taste of that Tunworth, Ned, it's worth getting gout for. I would, I would live on that Tunworth. For the rest of my life, it's just been absolutely wonderful.
1: <laughs> I don't know where to go now. <laughs> I would I would like to finish by thanking you, you, Ned, massively. I acknowledge that this may have been a slightly different cheese tasting to the sort that you usually run with such a lan. So I apologise for the strangeness of this evening. Um, but I would like to thank you as well. And Joe, <laughs> if he can gather himself together as he sits there, naked in the dark in his, in his caravan... In the East Sussex countryside. Ned. <laughs> what else? Ned.
0: Ned, what's going on here is that I have been to work today. I trained the rugby union with some of my friends and I travelled home about an hour and a half approximately. And then I got home and I drove up. Onto my grass to sit in my van because it's got best mm. internet outside the door of that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and now I sit in my the back of my van with a cheese board, half-eaten cheeses, uh, my laptop yeah. positioned on some yeah. sort of stool, the mic positioned on IKEA boxes that have been turned up like this. Uh, there is clothes everywhere. I'm half I'm half naked, and uh, I'm almost certain. I'll bear in mind, I haven't seen my kids either. I've, my wife's homeschooled them all day and I haven't even bothered to go in and say hello to them. And I'm almost certain that the van is stuck in the mud, uh, so that I'm not going to get that out anytime soon. It's wheel spinning. But at the end of the day, I have had one of the most wonderful experiences I've, I've ever had in my life. I've never done a cheese tasting evening and I've, I'm really, and the fucking light's just gone off and I'm almost certain I'm locked in here. In the dark with some cheese and uh, you've got a Cheesemonger's History of the British Isles book <laughs> which I'm a proud owner of um, and I would highly recommend that to any cheese noses or people that want to get into cheese out there because it's got some fascinating stories in there thank you you could say goodbye if you want or if you've had a really bad time you could just say this was fucking weird I'm off <laughs>
2: Well, I, I, I mean, I'll definitely say thank you, but I do also want to say, Joe, that in a crowded <laughs> field, this is the most out there and the best cheese tasting that I have ever, ever done. And thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been absolutely outstanding. <laughs> cheers, cheers,
1: then. <laughs> so I feel slightly dizzy on cheese, but in a good way. Maybe I just feel dizzy because I enjoyed the episode so much. I've got gout. I've definitely got gout. You're going to have to phone Eddie Jones? Uh, I'm afraid so.
0: This red wine and this cheese <laughs> combo tonight has really uh, stopped the blood going to my toes.
1: He's not going to be happy. Do you want to rehearse this this call? Okay, so you're calling me. I'm Eddie Jones. Hello, Joe, mate. It's lovely to hear from you. It's late, though. Is there something up? What's the matter?
0: Yeah, uh, all right, boss. Um, sorry to trouble you, mate. Uh, just need to let you know I'm not going to be around. Uh, oh, Mate,
1: what, what what do you mean? You're my first choice. Naturally, you're not my first choice Loosehead. You're one of my three choices at Loosehead for the squad. What's
0: up? I'll I'll get straight to the point. It's not a mental health issue again. Um, And it's not me retiring again. Don't worry about it. It's worse. It's gout. No. Tunworth cheese. Fantastic. But it's made me... um, It's made you gouty. Gouty. I've got gout, mate. I've (laughs) got (laughs) to go. Done. Great end. (laughs) Steve's lost it. Steve's lost it. He's gone. He's gone. I think he's crying. He's crying. Ah fuck my life. We got it. This is what we've been trying to do for six months. We've been trying to break Steve and we've finally fucking done it.
2: Crowd network. A place where you belong.